a slow meandering affair. He wants to kick, he's gotta go now. With Josh Kerr. All right, here, David Rivich. Josh Kerr. David Rivich. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Rivich. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Sit and Kick podcast. I'm your host, David Ribich. And I am your better host, Josh Kerr. Today, we're sitting kicking it with all of you guys. We'll preface this, but overall, we're just going to catch up with you guys, maybe catch some heat. Let's hear what you got to got to throw at us. Um, we're looking forward to it, and uh, it better be quick because it's good to pull off the band-aid with this kind of stuff, you know? You know, most definitely, Josh. And, you know, going into tomorrow, we have our time trial and our time trial is going to be a really, really good showing of our fitness. Um, but after today, I think it's going to be a real showing of our lack of ego. And that's going to be because <laughs> you guys are going to bring us back down to earth. While me and uh, Josh feel really godly in our training, you guys are going to make us feel like peasants. And, you know, that's kind of just the, the natural progression of being a celebrity is, you know, you're godly at times. You're not at times. Would you have to agree with that? Dude, I'm, I'm getting some of the pre so so pretty much what happens is when we do this fall block we finish it with a time trial because we don't normally race um but it's always really good um for to not have a, a bunch of massive gaps in between races so being able to go through those motions of a race day and giving a race type effort and going just through the mental and physical emotions of going all out or hard in an effort keeps the kind of blocks from getting boring but it also keeps the mind focused on on the big goals of things because when we're training like freaking 10k runners it's sometimes you forget that your mileage are 5k guys so that's what we're doing tomorrow i'm getting in the fields dude i'm i'm like after today we we had a book club meeting today everyone was kind of talking some stuff and and there was some prep on us using the uw indoor facility and it was just it feels pretty real and i don't think i've ever really ran all that well in the time trial other than last year like i feel like i ran well in that 8k we ran last year we do the oddest distances as well um and because the 1200 I did my first year was pretty bad and the one i did in 2019 was pretty bad so yeah overall i've not been great at these but i'm excited i'm looking forward to it we haven't been training anything like the distance we're doing so yeah i mean i don't want to hear it from dave but I'm not running the 2K. Um, I'm running the K. And uh, uh, go on. Half the man I am, Josh. Half the man I am. And you know, I'm not really <laughs> gonna. I'm not gonna put you in the in the spot here because I know where your fitness is at. You definitely wouldn't be able to make it a full 2K. So it's probably best that you can just keep yourself in uh, kind of your distancing there. And uh, there have been some wild performances around the world. I mean, like we're seeing some really really early marks all over the planet, and that's really cool. And you know, there's that funny meme that was made by one of our viewers of like Dave watching OAC run fast. And all I'm saying, guys, those guys are cool. Is that way that's all you have to say. Not that's all I have to say. Those guys are them. cool. No heat. You're not gonna be like, oh, super quick December run, guys. Why don't you yeah. have a break or something? You know. I'd like to give them some heat, um, but I know they can rapid fire it back to me and, and probably say something along the lines of we're running faster than you are in normal season, Dave. So I can't really, you know, <laughs> and they're running faster than themselves in normal season. For That's goodness true. Sake. That's true. So um, we'll hear what they have to say um, if they ever come onto the podcast. But in the meantime, I don't even want to say their names. You know, I don't want to say Ollie, Jordy and Morgan and Joe and o o OAC. You know, I don't want to give I don't want to say their names. I don't That's want to give fair. their ads at Chicken Boy Morgs on Instagram. I don't. I don't want to have the, the the coach who's a an old Brooks athlete. Yeah, just, just straight up, just going to Dathan. Who names her kids Dathan? 
I know, right? What a horrible name that is. Sounds like a sneeze. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll get over it, I'm sure, at some point. But yeah, I, I, we've been catching some heat from other people. I think so. In this podcast, we like to just banner and whatever happens, whatever comes out, we kind of just stick to it. So, you know, apparently we were a bit mean to um, someone who's helped us quite a lot in this podcast. Uh, we, I was catching heat again from him today because we said that he was lazy about sending out the orders. And I would like to formally say, that you just need to take banter better. That's, <laughs> that's all I would like to say. Is oh, no. Julian Flores, get over yourself. Oh, no. I love you. Oh, no. He's going to love that. Um, anyway, so we have some fun, fun stuff planned today. It's nothing to do with not having a thing Mo messages back. Uh, this is not why we're doing this podcast today. And if you guys could help keep firing her some messages, being like, respond to Josh, respond to Devin. You know, her, her and Devin Dixon used to be very good teammates and we still been leaning on him, still got nothing back. So, you know, we're, we're hoping to get something from her because she's obviously someone that you guys want to hear from. So that's, that's the plan for the future. But it's, it's taken some time to get our first Olympic champ. I'm not going to lie. It is but, taking some time, but on the bright side, um, we are in the works right now of getting on two Olympians from 2016 or sorry, 2020. And that would be a five man episode. If you guys want to try to figure that out, um, you definitely can. And we've been in communication. The hardest part is just narrowing down a specific day um, to get five people on the same schedule. So that's going to be coming to you guys either at the end of this year or early next year. And I think that will be a really, really fun banter episode because those guys can take heat. And maybe they've been on the podcast before. Maybe one of them have, maybe two of them have, but it's going to be a really great time. And we have some people coming in uh, into the waiting room. So we're just going to get this thing started. We appreciate everybody listening thus far. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your grannies and uh, tell your ex-girlfriends as well. So we're going to meet our first person um, and the time's going to start now. We're going to be pretty particular. What's up, Rubus? How are you, mate? What's up, Derek? Hey. What have you been up to today? Nothing much. Just had a 14 miler. Just, just the 14, eh? <laughs> Who's coaching you this week? Um, one of the guys from Compton. Nice, that's cool. What yeah. kind of mileage are you on this uh, these times? Uh, about 90 to 100. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. When's well, the Derek, next race coming up? Yeah. Uh, not until end of January at NAU. Sweet. That's great. Awesome. That's going to be good. Going to be a good altitude race for you. All right, so Derek, you know the drill. You've been a fan of us. You've come on to the previous, so you got a, a limited time slot because we got some more people in the waiting room. So here you can shoot some questions, shoot some banter, whatever you want to chat about for the next two minutes. It's yours. First of all, I want to say that I've read Dave's book three times. Oh, wow. And uh, it's it taught me to journal every day. Wow. And then Josh's race was the best race of the year. Wow, that's fantastic to hear. I think... The, we throw some shade at Dave's book quite a lot, but if it makes you journal, that's something that a lot of athletes should be doing. It's something that I do. I took it on last year as well. Just the right things done. I can go back to it, you know, you know, a year later and, and figure out where I am. Cause it's sometimes difficult to know and compare your fitness from, from one, one day to another. Um, Cause it's mostly it's internal feelings. So that's fantastic that you've started that from Dave's book. Yeah, and yeah. Josh, you also started journaling because of my book. Is that correct? <laughs> uh, well, I wouldn't say as such. I would say it's more come from a, a you know a psychologist's point of view. But Fair you enough. know, if that's what you want to take from it, and you want to pretend that I only signed because that you signed a couple of days beforehand, then those are those are the lies that you live with. That's fine with me. <laughs>
Yeah, and then that race was one of the best races I've also seen, Derek. So I agree with you in that statement that Josh's race was one of the best ones of the year, if not the best. Yeah. And then the banter is that you guys used to be my number one podcast because you haven't had me as a guest as mm. an interview. Uh, <laughs> who's the number, who was who the number one now? Uh, Chris Chavez. Oh, okay. All right. Fair Until enough. you had me. <laughs> and does this count does this count this is going to come out and you're going to be on it yeah um no a full interview a full interview, interview. awesome yeah okay well we, we've got a good schedule for season five and, and i know when we bring on um for bonus episodes we're going to be doing some um special parts with like media and people that are big influences of the sport so we'll keep in contact with you derek because you're obviously one of the bigger names of people that keep uh keep an eye on all everyone's records so yeah Yep, and you guys uh, inspire me, so thank you. Appreciate that. So much for that, Derek. Well, we, we hope you have a great rest of your day, and, and uh, it's been fantastic talking to you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you, Derek. Of course. Bye. Bye. Yeah. What's hey, going what's on? Up? Landon. How are you guys doing? We are doing good. We are just getting a bit of compliments and a bit of banter, so we're going to see where you lie on this uh, banter compliment scale. <laughs> uh i'm i'm more on the asking like a serious question if that's all right yeah that's go for good it. for us yeah so uh, kind of what i'm wondering is obviously it's the track season approaching uh really long season uh kind of you know december through june probably longer for you guys uh do you guys focus more on like early on like consistency in workouts and or like uh like crushing workouts because i'm like i'm trying to figure out the balance of those because last year i dealt with some burnout and not trying to repeat that josh you want, you're the you're the king of not getting burned out <laughs> yeah i think you know i've always had the the, the mindset of never miss a day uh, uh you know if that means that you have to take it easier on a, on a session day if it means you have to have less mileage on a week or take a day off here there it makes more sense in december january february march and um, to allow for those days to to stack up if you don't miss a day from now to the till june and you have a, a race planned in june then you will be better than than if you start crushing workouts now and, and try and gain fitness quickly. Like this sport is very, very much uh, a, a lengthy time. And, and, you know, we've been doing it. I know myself, I've been doing it since I was nine and uh, it's not an instant gratification. So, you know, if you can be patient, then you're going to get the best results. If you want to go out and run really quick next month, it makes sense to go out and crush things. But if you're wanting to be ready for a full season of racing and you want to be good every day, then you just got to take kind of a bit more of a laid back approach. And that's difficult for runners to do um, just because we're very sometimes very intense and like we get in our own heads and with stats and things like that. But sometimes you just got to take the watch off and listen to your body and not not the Garmin. But that that's my approach with things. And uh I, I feel like it's it's probably the best long-term decision that I've made. Yeah, thanks. I really appreciate that. Yeah, and just to make sure if you got the translation right from Josh. Josh, you're saying that, like, when you say, like, no days off, like, if you're – that if one of those days is recovery, then you make that a recovery day. Like, that's technically in your on day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So never miss a day that you've planned to run, as in, like, yeah, so yeah, I take yeah. one – I run six days a week, um, but I've not missed a day that I'm supposed to be running in, in I think, a year and a half, two years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that building block consistency has just made my – life um just successful because of not missing those days i'm going to be running uh it also just comes with being humble with yourself and and knowing when you should push and when not to not saying that we never push and crush sessions we do quite a lot and um, maybe once every couple of weeks dave 
once every 10 days we we maybe let the reins off a little bit but that's all that's all we really do because sometimes you got to get after it and, and you've got to feel those feels but other than that you just 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 listen to your body you're going to get better every day from getting out and plodding along sometimes mm-hmm. yeah oh and dave uh we ever going to see you in a steeplechase i've been trying to convince danny of that uh over the past couple of weeks and in months and uh i actually was going to do a steeplechase there in may and, and we opted out of it last second to do a 5k and so I think with how the first two 5Ks went, Danny's going to want to explore that avenue, but I would absolutely <laughs> love to run a steeple at least once in my career. Don't give think... up this early in your career, Dave. <laughs> For what? The, the sport? No, doing steeplechase is a give up in your career, isn't it? Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can talk to all the Olympians and Olympic medalists and world record holders in that event then. And yeah, uh, yeah they'll have a good banter with you on that. But yeah, in terms of the um, not getting burned out, Um, This is the first year that I've taken more of a recovery approach into my fall where usually I'd be really gung ho and I'd be pressing on and I'd be, let's hit, 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 hit. Let's, let's go really, really hard. And usually what that happens is there's just some inconsistencies and some fluctuations in like the latter half of the year where it's like May and April, where that's really where I need to start dialing that notch and and getting really competitive. Um, And so this year, in this fall, I've taken more recovery days and like more slow days and off days than I've had in my entire professional career so far, because um, I want to be ready in June. I don't want to be ready in December. And there was a time where we were out golfing 18 holes and I was like, shit, we're going to be out here for five hours. And I had a run slated and I was like, I'll just take today off. And that was more of like a in the moment decision because of a conflict. And but that day was a recovery day where it said, it said recovery run, recovery runs or off. Like there's some huge flexibility where like I kind of got to take ownership. And when I decided to take it off, that was my decision. That was hundred percent what I was going to stick to. And I was not going to think because I missed today, I'm going to be worse tomorrow. Like that was my, I never get those decisions. Like I never yeah. get those question marks in my box. It's always like, do this, do that. Do this, if, I get, Josh, do that. <laughs> if I get the question mark of like, you don't need to run a day, then Joshy boy is not lacing him up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully that answered your question. Oh yeah. Thank you very much. That's a uh, great advice. Um, best of luck on your guys' seasons. Definitely. Thank you very much. Definitely. And your name was give it a little shout out. Landon Miller, Landon Miller, uh, Miller.Lando on Instagram. Cool. You, you, you've check been out my YouTube. The, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, is that, you say that's your YouTube. Uh, my YouTube is Lane and Miller, but this is like my brand. Okay. Killer Elite. Sweet. Killer Elite. Yeah. I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Lane. We're going to let some more people in. Um, so thank you for your time. Yeah, we'll look forward to it. Thank you. Cheers, mm-hmm. boss. All right. Awesome, mate. Hi. How's it going? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Yeah, good, good. Thanks. Where are you yeah. at right now? Uh, I'm at home. I just got back from practice, picked up some Chipotle. Nice. Oh, you got to love that. What's your Chipotle order to start? Uh, I get I get the bowl and then I get chicken and then extra brown rice, <laughs> uh, extra brown beans, extra cheese, extra uh, sour cream and lettuce too. You're an extra guy. I, I would want. I really wonder what brown beans are. You talk uh, about are you talk about pinto beans. Yeah, same same. <laughs> Josh likes to bully. I, Be- I, I knew what he meant. Beans. Josh needs things sounded out. I don't know if you you've known that, but Josh really needs things said exactly the way. That oh wait, hold on. We got we got chains in this chat. We have chains oh, in this yeah, chat. Man. Yeah, we do. Josh, this is from Walmart, though. So, you, or sorry, a mall. Middle of um, the mall, so, baby. Yeah, balling on a budget. Okay. <laughs> All right. So yeah, um, I don't, have you been in in one of our calls before? Then. 
Uh, no, but I, I get the gist. Get the gist. All right. All right. The floor is yours. Yeah. All right. So I was just curious. In, in episode one of season two, titled We're Live, at four minutes and 21 seconds, when asked about the idea of merch, you guys said, end quote, but what we don't want is our faces to be there. And what we don't want is for you guys to wear our face. And lo and behold, a couple months later, when merch dropped, your guys' face was there. And like, don't get me wrong, you guys have beautiful faces, but like, I just want to know what changed. <laughs> Go on, Dave. Who I said it? Do you know who said it? Uh, Dave said it. Yeah, I admit it. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, what changed is um, Josh came to me and said that he over-budgeted paying his Tesla out in full. And he said, David, we need to think of a grab cash quick scheme. So let's let's just go against our word. Let's put our faces on these shirts and let's just uh, let's try to sell some products. And that wasn't our original idea was to just throw our faces on. And um, the second go around with Josh's podium shirt, it was just a silhouette, which was to cover his ugly mug and, you know, leave me off of it. Um, but yeah, we had no design. Um, we had nothing other than just the Instagram logo. So we're like, what can we throw on this? Boom. Uh, the big fat faces of Josh and I. So what changed was Josh, I'm, I'm beating around it. I don't no, know. I, I'm really enjoying listening to you scramble. Go on. Oh man. What changed was what? I saw how successful people are at selling their products over their um, new startups. You know, you did you, talk. did you buy a singlet or shirt or anything like that? Uh, no, I wasn't able to, but I was thinking about getting the, the one of you sitting in the chair. It's cool, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's a six year. I think, you know, it's quite funny because I, I remember us doing designs for it. And I didn't remember Dave saying this, but I thought it was hilarious that our faces were massive on people's shirts. I thought that was the funniest thing. So that's why I wanted it. Um, but yeah, no, that's just the way it goes. Sometimes you just got to market the face. That's just, that's just, you know, face of the brand. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'm sure your sister will know that with the mugs. Any chance of her face is on those mugs or no? Uh, I doubt it. But you doubt it? What, what makes her mug special? Is there any, any way that we can, we can buy some mugs? Uh, yeah, the website's like, it's her brand is called and do it anyways. And she like puts stickers on little cups and ships them out. People seem to like them. That's pretty nice. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Tell her she needs to put her face on mugs and it'll sell out. Oh, I'll let her know. <laughs> we appreciate the deep dive research in that as well, because that was very specific on seconds, minutes, season and episode. Um, so that would probably mean that you've listened to a, a large variety of episodes. So then to question you a little bit, what's your favorite episode that you've listened to? Um, hopefully more than once. Uh, well, yeah, I, so like I drive a lot. So to like, just keep my mind busy. I just like, it's the podcast on a loop and I don't know. I really like the one that you guys do with the, the women of the Brooks beast. That one always makes me laugh, especially nice. with Josh watering fake plants. It's a tough time for me, dude. Whenever we have a woman on the podcast, I seem to always come out pretty bad. Um, <laughs> but you know, that, that podcast as well was a nightmare to, to deal with because I think, I feel like we underprepared for it and we were very outnumbered and the women on our on our team are fantastic and they have loads of great personality and so having five big personalities versus me and dave is is sometimes difficult to handle <laughs> that's awesome but no it was a lot of fun 
Well, great. Uh, Remy, or I just called you Remy, assuming that you have a nickname, but uh, Remington, if you um, have any more banter or questions or chat you want to throw our way, you certainly can, but we're going to uh, let other people into the call as they're now coming into this, the waiting room again. Uh, yeah, for sure. I just want to say one thing, Josh, thank you for enlightening me on the idea of bringing chairs to meets because I used to sit on the tent floor uncomfortable and then I wouldn't race as well. And then I started bringing chairs and I see my peasant teammates sitting on the floor <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so much better than you guys now. Like I got a con, I was a conference champ because I was so comfortable in my chair. That's so I amazing. Just like thank you for that. That is not a problem. I think, I don't know really how, I mean, my parents used to sit on chairs during cross countries and stuff. So that's kind of where it came from, but there's such a difference sitting on a chair and then sitting on the ground. But yeah, looking down on people sitting on the ground is one of the best things ever. <laughs> You're already a step ahead, mate. So I love it. So thank you very much. Both of you guys out of the call. Sounds great to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, thank, thank you so much. Me. Legend. Hope thank the you rest goes well. Thank you. See ya. Bye. We got one coming in. I'm very warm. I'm sweating. I wore the thickest shirt on purpose. <laughs> I wanted to see how sweaty I can get at the end of so this. So I left my heater on 90 when I left the, the place. And so yeah. I'm absolutely roasting right now. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see how big of a sweat stain I have. Ian, this. how's it going? What's up, man? How are you guys doing? We're, we're doing all right. We're no, no big hot seat questions just yet. A little bit of banter, uh, a little bit of compliments. But we're, we're ready to hear what you got. So we have Ian Dixon uh, now, Dickinson now in the call. And you familiar with the floor mat, floor mat, format of the floor, format, the floor man. I'm nervous. Josh, take it away. <laughs> you got anything for us, Ian? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm here. I'm Ian. I'm a freshman over at the UC Davis running on the club team there. Nice. Um, and, you know, I watched the first uh, season finale and I saw, of course, David was getting most of the shit. Josh kind of went by on skates. So That's I thought... Cool. I need to get him. I need to get him on the hot seat. I like that. I did some research, and you know, I just want to hear about a night out in your sophomore year with uh, Johnny Glenn, your mate, <laughs> where you you guys were having a few drinks, and maybe you decided to hide behind a lamp post. You you know it's there, Josh. <laughs> yeah. A couple things. <laughs> <laughs> Is there, is there any more description? Oh, wait. Mm. Oh, is that when we got chased? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. So uh, that's tough. It was just so pretty much what happened was I get to UNM a year later. I'm like recruiting like one of my best mates from home. So he, he lived like an hour up the road from me. We raced each other for like five, six years growing up. I ended up recruiting him and um, told my coach to recruit him. He came. Uh, he arrived that weekend we go out so he's it's, he's been in the u.s for three days we go out um on a night out to like a i guess it was a house party or something like that and i said to him oh let's go home um and both of us obviously we'd make like no money when we're uh in college so we didn't get an uber back we thought we'd just walk and it was probably like a two mile walk which is a pretty sketchy walk in albuquerque so we start walking back and uh there's a car that drives past us really slowly and uh, so I'm like looking around and those people got out of the car. And so they're about 50 meters behind us and they just jump out of the car and they're like walking. And so I turn around and I look at Johnny and I'm like, any chance you're ready to run? And he was like, what do you mean? And then after I say that, I look around again and they're sprinting at us. 
And so we are just pegging it, right? So we rip around the corner, go about 400 meters. They jump back in the car. And so they're following us in a car. So we're like dodging through this neighborhood. Who's following you? Just, just this random car of people, like four or five guys. And so we're just, we're ripping around the neighborhood, right? And then we just dip and then we're behind this lamppost and then they come past us and then another car comes and they're shouting our names and they're, and we're like, holy shit, like we're in some deep shit right now. And because this is like one, one, two AM in Albuquerque, it's not, not, not the nicest area of all time. And uh, ends up being like our roommates that are following behind this car. Uh, and so we jump in that car and, and, and it all seems to be fine. But that was his first, that was his third day in the U S when we got chased for a good mile, but I've never ripped so hard for, I, I reckon I ran a sub four mile. It was slightly downhill, but yeah, that was a, that was a tough day for me to be honest. Cause I just, I, I recruited my buddy to a place and three days later I've gotten in a, in a bit of a car chase. So it was, it was humbling for sure. Well, it worked. You got him there. So exactly and you know he was there for a couple of years he, he met his fiance there so you know how can you really complain yep. <laughs> that's crazy that you reached out to him how did how did you know to reach out to him i i just looked through your instagram i'd actually i'd also seen him in the track shack video i think, I think yeah 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 i lived with him for three years I, I was scrolling through your instagram deep in the archives <laughs> and uh i'm I, good i'm good at social media eh? yeah yeah great. real good at it He's not you good know, at it. I also, I also found a picture, and this one was pretty recently. And I just wanted to ask what was going in specifically David's head when you put this outfit on. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we in this right. Okay, there's a lot, a lot happening here. Pretty much, I'd never been fishing before, and me me and Dave were living in the same altitude house. He actually came and lived in, in my college house. There was five of us all together. Never been fishing before. I was like, look, there's this fishing pond on the road. Let's go and get kitted out. I'll kit you boys out in some, was it Cabela's or yeah. whatever. I'll kit you guys out with the worst gear and we'll go, we'll go fishing. And so it was like six in the morning and everyone was getting dressed and Dave seemed to wear pink, like swimming trunks and like a green cap. So I had everyone there who was helping me have fish. I bought them these horrible green caps and you know, we just, we were ripping lines. That's yeah. the way it went. My outfit choice. So I seem to have only packed the worst clothes I possibly could for Albuquerque. I either only pack short sleeves for winter or I pack the most atrocious summer wear for summer. And so that's what I had. And Josh was like, we have a pool, so we'll bring your swim trunks. I didn't own a single pair of swim trunks. So I went to Goodwill and I bought those. So I don't know how many people have worn those, um, but I was the last to wear them because then I left them in Albuquerque on purpose. I just tossed them in a dumpster and said, these guys aren't coming home with me. Um, they were like knee length. They, they were, were knee horrible. length, ugly shorts. Um, but the reason I wore those for fishing is because of the deep pockets and the netting. Because if you, if you have like swim trunk pockets and you pull them out and they kind of have like those little braided nets, you can just put little fish hooks on that and then you can just come and pull it right back out. So there's a little trade secret for you, Josh, when you want to catch your first fish. Dude, I've caught fish. You've caught fish. Yeah. One non-plural, just Singular one. fish. But all right, uh, Ian, we got a few more seconds for you. We have some people in the waiting room, so we can admit them when you are done. If you have anything left, you can get it out now. That's about it for me. Thank you, guys. Thank you for Cheers, putting Josh Ian, in the hot seat and uh, letting me slide by all right, even though my style is something that I have improved. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers yep, Ian. Thank you, Ian. Yo, what's good? What's up? What's up, bro? How's it going? Yeah, right. how are you? 
I've usually been saying the names of people on the call, but I'm not going to butcher it at all. So if you want to just go ahead and introduce yourself and please for the love banter, Josh, and not me. All right. Uh, hi, my name is Ashraf. And I do have a question for Josh, actually. So I heard he's familiar with um, pioneering the five finger plan. <laughs> and uh, can you list me each of the five things yeah. on the plan? Oh, yeah. So I lose a lot of stuff. So I had to create the five finger plan. So whenever I walked out of the house, I would have my five fingers and I would never walk out of the house without putting all fingers down. Five fingers, phone, wallet, keys, EpiPen, second phone. So let's just say when I got to the US, it didn't make sense to just buy a US phone. So I had a US phone and I had a UK phone. So I'd walk around with two phones <laughs> for like four months. I had two phones and it was it was reasonably embarrassing because no one really understood why. And it looked like I was a drug dealer. But yeah, I, my pockets were rather full. And as a, as a UK man, I wear rather tight jeans. So I did look a bit silly, but that was my five finger plan to never lose anything. Uh, it's now become a four finger plan because I've only got the one phone like a normal person would. But that was my five finger plan. You know, you, I, I feel like everyone needs to have something like that. Yeah. I'm how did you find that out? Is that something common knowledge, Josh? I don't know. How'd you know that? Um let's just say uh I have my ways. <laughs> I hate how savvy people are. That's 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 crazy. Where'd you get I wanna know I, I wanna get a name. Don't give from it that. to him. Don't give it to him. Keep that secret. Oh uh, I'll send you the list. The, <laughs> the list. Yeah. I got a whole uh, list of names. I love it. That's I love amazing. It. So Josh the other day said that if he had nothing else to do for eight years, he could figure out how to make at least $1 million a year. And is this five finger plan that $1 million invention? Maybe. I'm not asking you, Josh. <laughs> um, Depends. I mean, you said the EpiPen was one of the five things. Yeah. So, I have a, a peanut allergy. I'm yeah. sure he knows that. <laughs> It's pretty cool. If he can figure out the five finger plan, I think he can figure out you have a peanut allergy. Fair. I thought uh I thought one of the five things were peanuts actually. You thought like, <laughs> I bring peanuts with me? Yeah, I, <laughs> that's what I heard. But uh, yeah. Well, it used to be it sadly used to be like I used to have to bring two EpiPens with me, so I would have six things. But six a six finger plan doesn't make a lot of sense, so. I booted one of the EpiPens to the, to the curb and, and just went with five. Have you ever I think you get one of those fanny EpiPen? packs or something like that. That would work better. Have I done what? Have you ever had to use an EpiPen? Uh, yes. I, I'm not for a while, but, you know, I tell you what, it's a hell of a rush. Um, people get real stressed around you, but you're in control. And if you can you know, control your emotions, it's all a mental game um, to slow things down, you know? So, but Epinephrine when you get... is not a mental game. No, the epinephrine is not the mental game. The peanut allergies and, you know, the closing of the throat is all mental. You're a psycho. Really? Yeah, I You're am a psycho. psycho. Don't believe in Josh. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thank you for calling in. Thank you for the five-finger plan. We're going to need to keep Josh on that for race day just so we make sure he has all his essentials. And uh, we appreciate you coming on and being a part of the episode. For sure. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Cheers, man. We have Blake Rogers who just joined in. Um, so, Blake. Uh, you can go ahead and shoot your shot, shoot your banter, bully Josh. Let me sit back and relax. Um, but the floor is yours. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Just had to take a break out of um, some finals studying this week. So it's a great way to break it up a little bit during this. Perfect. Nice. Yeah, we saw you join in the call and then leave again. So we've been waiting for you. Sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure my um, my earbuds, I had to recharge them because I've been using them a lot lately. Nice. I like but, it. So my question, it goes to both of you really, but now there's been a lot of um, great 5,000 meter runners who have recently gone pro out of the NCAA into the British system, like Patrick Devers or ones like Charles Hicks. And my question is, out of the two of you, which one of you is more likely to make a British 5,000 meter team reg- disregarding nationality? So that's a good yeah, asterisk I- at the end because I knew Josh was going to eat you apart on that. Josh probably would have said, well, Dave's not British, so me. No, so I was glad you added that asterisk. Well, that's not what I was thinking. I was thinking that, you know, I would have really had to give up on the 15 to move up to the five. But the um, overall, I think, you know, Paddy Dever and, and uh, Charles Six are both having an ama- like amazing seasons. I think that breakthrough 10K for Paddy was was pretty awesome. And then he came back for that five. And so I think he's, you know, he won British champs in the five, Dave, if you didn't realize, beat Andy Butchart, but didn't go to the Olympics because he didn't have the standard. Uh, and then obviously Hicks just won under 23 cross country in 24:30 after a great NCAA performance. But us UK guys watch each other in the NCAA and, and it kind of, I enjoy watching that. I'll enjoy seeing those guys because it helps more people in the UK to realize it's an option to go over and be successful over here. Cause sometimes in the past people have seen people burn out and have problems over here. And I do think it's an opportunity that comes on par with, with staying at home and um, for the right person. But those guys are good at, at 5K. Um, and so I would I would say that I wouldn't let Dave beat me in a race and Dave is going to have a great year. And so I can't really say that with as much confidence as I used to be able to say it with. But in a champ race, I think I think I beat him 10 times out of 10, yeah. You're saying me in a five? I, I would say I would beat you in a 5K, yes. In, in championship? Yeah, because I I think I've ran more championship races than you, so I know how to handle it better. Well, you don't you, you don't have to say you think you have. You absolutely have ran more championship races than I have. But thank you for kind of adding a little bit of less salt on that wound. Um, trying, but but I do think that there, that's an interesting um, note that Josh makes, and a good question that you uh, pose as well. Because if it's like an all out, I think at this point, if it's an all out honest effort, 5k, I think Josh and I are going to be pretty level headed uh, in terms of where we're finishing. I think it could go either way. And I think if you roll a dice, one of us um, will come out on top one round and then the next one would come out the next. And I think that I would win more times out of that. But in terms of championship, um, the only way that I would beat Josh, I think in a championship 5k is if I put it to him from 4k out. Like I would have to have more control into that 5k because if Josh is entering into a 5k, there's no one in the 5k at the UK champs right now that could beat him over under 2k. And so when it comes to that, like that's what championship races are. Like you look at the USA championships with Woody Kincaid, Cooper Tier, Grant Fisher, and Paul Chalimo. I mean, those guys last quarter, those guys last 800, they separated from the field and those four guys fought for three spots, but there was still nine other guys in the race, but you wouldn't know it based off how far ahead those four guys were. And that's because they all have championship experience and they all have the kicks to get it done. So when it comes to championship kicks um, and championship racing, I would at this point put Josh ahead. If I make a world team in the 5k for the U S then I'll put myself ahead and make a world team for the UK as well. Cause U S we'll is ra- way we'll race this year, dude. I know. I know. 
Warriors five K, but that's the thing. That's where it's like out of season or that's out of championship. Roll the dice. No, it's not because you have one chance to beat me. So that's exactly like a championship race. You have right. one shot next year to beat me in a race, and we can right, talk there, about it for a whole year. There we go, Blake. Uh, we're so, we're gonna have that answer decided then when Josh and I throw down a five K together in May. That you'll you'll have a physical physical note names on paper. I've never like I've never had more people on the team say they're gonna beat me than after the Olympics. It's crazy. It's crazy. They have this real fa- false sense of like where I'm at in training, and it's well, it's, it's not a it's false mental. sense. It's it, how is it not a false sense? Right I, now, I, it's not a false sense. We're not ta- we're talking about races, which which that's the thing. I'm only saying I'm gonna beat you right now. I'm not saying I'm well, okay. I guess I did just say I'm gonna beat you later. I'm just gonna beat you. I'll just say yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, that sounds great, Dave. And and I really hope you do. Like every part of me wants you to beat me because I think you'd have to run like twelve fifty. Blake, can you get the hell out of the call now? <laughs> <laughs> sorry sounds like a lot of recency bias everyone who's beaten josh in the last decade wants to say he would be able to beat him on the day <laughs> i mean and, there's no one on the, on our brooks beast team that's ever beat me in a race but for some reason 2021 seems to be the year of this and josh you know three years i've given you three whole years Nothing. like who do you have oh, that's yes. the most important question that is a kick pin that's sick yeah thank I was, god it i was the second person who um it was a little beat up when i got it but my parents called me. They're like, Did you, you, you know, a Josh Curran, Dave Ribich? I'm like, yes, yeah, I do. Best buds. <laughs> Love that. Um, is there a plastic cover over that pin? Have you tried to take it off? There is. Did you take it I off? I left it on. I told you I left it on for collector's value. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you resell that. Honestly, you probably can make 10, more money. Dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I gotta say, I like Josh in a, in a kick, honestly. I mean, watching the kick, I remember I was driving the practice. I pulled over on the side of the road during the Olympic final, and I was just watching Josh kick down um, the, I forgot who it was from Kenya, um, Kip uh, Sang Jerry, from Kenya, yeah. Kip Sang from Kenya in the, in the last, like, eight, 75 meters, and there, were, there weren't many people on the day that would have, if they started next to him with 100 to go, that he wasn't catching, honestly. Love it. I love to hear that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was really nice here talking to you guys. Yeah, Cheers, good question, Blake, man. Mate. Thank you. Pleasure. Bye. Yeah. Uh, Tom is connecting you. Audio. There you there go. There you go. Tom. What's All going right. on, fella? Uh, not much. How about you guys? Yeah, not much. Aussie or Kiwi? Yeah, I'm an Aussie. Yeah. I don't no. don't associate me with those, those Kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> Too good. Well, what have you got for us today, mate? Mate, I don't really have much banter for you. Um, I'm not that funny of a guy, and I'm not. Oh, that's cool. Any questions or anything like that? Whatever, whatever. This is your time, so whatever you like to um, use it for. Yeah, I guess I've probably I've probably got one for both of you. Um, Josh, obviously, you had a pretty phenomenal race in the Olympics, and I'm sure you've been asked about it a fair bit. Um, but so sorry to add to those that pile of questions. <laughs> um, but I think. Often people look at an athlete, I think you you have this image of quite a cool, calm and collected athlete, um, whether that's intentional or not. Um, I'm not sure, but going into that race kind of, you know, um, what was going through your mind? Do you have a process in terms of, okay, how do I stay cool? Or do you kind of just embrace the, embrace the fire going on? That's a great question. I think... Um... I'm very happy that's what you think that I am. Cool, calm, and collected. Would you think I am that, Dave? What do you think? No, I think cool, you're. Calm, um, I think you're. Uh, I don't even there know what to say. Come on. He thinks you're an asshole. I think you're an asshole. 
Yeah, but you're yeah. my asshole. You know, like you want, you know, you know, like when you take a shit and you're like, man, that's a smelly shit, but it's not that bad because it's your shit. But if someone else shit that shit, then it'd be a really, really bad shit. Josh, you're like my shit. Like you smell bad, you're bad, but you're not like that bad. Right. Okay. <laughs> that's fair. But continue yeah. on your question. I don't mean to st- steal your show. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, the thing is with any major and, and you'll learn it throughout doing them, um, Dave, you'll learn them when you go to them. I'm texting uh, your girlfriend. Continue. <laughs> uh it's just you got to embrace all emotions that come to you and never fear fear anything that comes to you mentally or physically when when you're in that situation like for me mm-hmm. in london 2017 it was like i don't know if i kind of it was it was it was really weird because it was a home world championships in london in 2017 and so the expectation was whenever you stand on that start line you're going out to you know get through the rounds and, and do as, as well as you can and i didn't feel like i was prepared for that mentally especially when you've got yeah the amount of people sitting in those seats, seeing a GB vest and going, oh my God, this is amazing to see another British person running. Um, but overall, um, crazy emotions come to you and you think about the most random stuff. But for me, I have mantras going into races. Um, so I'll repeat those words to myself if we're standing on the start line for a while or uh, we get held for about 45 minutes or so um, before the race. So all the all 12 guys, 13 guys um, from the race are together for the 45 minutes beforehand. And it's a pretty small area. So you can... You can psych some guys out, which is really fun. But yeah, through through experience of just doing them, it's just like, you know, all you can do is go out and and you know lay all your cards out and show show your work. And pretty much from the last six months, eight months, whatever, however long you've been looking forward to this race for, and and whatever comes up comes up. Like that's that's just the reality of the sport. There's no do overs. Uh, and yeah. for me, uh, I'm a very individual race kind of guy. I run race to race, so. I ran nine times last year and five of them were at major championships. Uh, and each one of those, I feel like were great performances in their own ways. And I learned a lot from them. So, yeah, I think uh, everyone's different. And from my point of view, as a clean athlete, I think the only way I'm able to be at the level I'm at is to be really um, forceful in my training and smart in the way I pick my races. And so I can't go in week in, week out and and do crazy performances. So I pick a date and go after the US record. I pick a date and try and run under 330. And those are my two dates. That's it. Everything else is kind of build up to those two races. So that's just that's my mentality with the sport and uh and it will continue to be so. So you'll not see me racing a lot, but when you see me on a start line, you should be excited because I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good to hear. I guess I have I have one or two follow-ups from that. And the first one is are there any races that are kind of notorious for psyching people out in that kind of holding period beforehand? Yeah, I think Milrose is really good for that, actually, because okay. we yeah. we get put in a really, really small room before we go out. Uh, and it's super long uh, intros as well. There's like fireworks in the, in the indoor and there's all sorts. So like having a good resume as well, like for people yeah. to hear like medalists or the certain times that they've ran or like how fit they are at the time right after spending the last 30 minutes sitting next to each other in a small room it's a lot of fun because it's the first race of the season for a lot of people so no one really knows how fit each other are and so you can just talk as much shit as you want to pretend that you're you know especially we have a press conference beforehand as well um and you can just come out with whatever you want to say so yeah i would say that's a pretty good race for it are there any are there any athletes who are really good at it oh uh that's a great question. I'm sure Dave, this is yeah. super motivational. I'm on my phone. Uh, I'll listen to it the first time, you know, when I have to edit this for five hours. Um, but what, what was yeah, who, what, what athletes? Yeah. I, what would I say? I think I think I can psych Dave out really well. 
I just know how to push his buttons Not and anymore. he overthinks things a lot. So Dave is like an mm-hmm. over classic overthinker when it comes to races. Mm-hmm. So I can just get into his yep. head by just saying false. Oh, like, is that, is that your race plan? That, that doesn't make the most sense. I'm getting uh, up. That's it. His whole race. I'm going to fight like, someone. <laughs> so tomorrow, if I was racing him in the 2k, I would have been chirping in his ear, but you know, <laughs> I, I've got to give him some peace for, for a couple of months before we go after it. How about you, Dave? You you come into terms with anyone that's that's good at stacking people out? I haven't been paying attention this whole time. Why? Because me You're and Lamar were texting about a birthday gift for you. You do <laughs> know my birthday is in 10 months, right? Dude, good things come to those who plan early. That's fair. Yeah, I, I think the British guys are good. Um, the Americans have way too much respect for each other. Uh, it's the same in the NCAA. It's the same reason that Chez was able to have 17 titles because no one wanted to be him um so i would say that the brits are pretty good in the 5k and the 15 the 15 are kind of too nice but in the 5k maybe yeah okay cool oh well thanks for that and i guess dave i have a question for you and it's probably and it's around the project you've been doing recently um in terms of gathering all the high school prs um and as someone who's only really like i'm 21 now and i've only really kind of gained an interest in the sport in the last probably three years um uh, where where do you where do you get the kind of drive and ambition to come up with a project like that? Because I think a lot of a lot of athletes um, spend a lot of time consumed in their training and their process. Um, but it seems like you're an incredibly generous person with with your time um, and and effort into kind of you know this idea of for the good of the sport. So where does it come from? Wow, that was a high compliment. Um... And I, I do appreciate that. It I'm trying to find a tweet. Followers. No, I'm trying to find a tweet from uh, Pat Casey. Does he block me on Twitter? Am I blocked on Twitter from Pat Casey? Very well could be. Pat Casey had a tweet that was just something ridiculous. Um, essentially said, like, you're not a pro runner unless you've sent your PRs to David or something like that. And so I was just going to relate that and then throw that over the podcast for some banter. Um, but when it comes to... Um, I guess a drive for that project. I mean, I didn't think about doing that project until I did it. I would say that a lot of, I've tried to do like social media planning for my own personal page. And I feel like that's where I really miss my market or really miss my audience. I'm not really doing it for the publicity of it. I'm mostly doing it because I'm like, I, I want to think of like an authentic, who who I am authentically. And like, I do think that's who I am. Um, and like, when I think of authentic, authentic social medias, and I think of authentic people in the sport, like, Craig Angle's Instagram is the most authentic in the sport. Like that's literally who he is. He's not putting on a show. And it's like, I remember he got some shit from Centro that was just like, this guy's got you fooled that he's world-class. And I'm like, well, Craig is world-class. I mean, he, he hasn't meddled at a world. I don't know where I'm, I'm rambling. Um, that's a whole no, different no, no, topic. Right. Um, but it, it's just like, for me, what the passion that I get or like the idea that I get to do those types of projects is just like, what can I post on my social media that's authentic to me? Like, I don't want to fake I don't want to fake anything over my social media at this point in my career. I think that that's a disservice to everyone that wants to follow me. And at at the same time, I don't really find social media all that appealing other than like a tool to try to like voice something. Um, And so what I want to voice is like positivity and and the fact that like people can progress at very different times of their lives. And I think a lot of that comes from me not having someone in the sport to kind of look up to. Um, I was very independent in the sport that, I graduated high school and I didn't know what flow track was. I didn't know what TFERS were. I didn't know. I thought athletic, not athletic.net wasn't like, 
I thought that was the, like, I thought that was it. I didn't know that there were more than like, like, I don't know, maybe 10, 20 universities in the country. Honestly, I did not pay attention. I was so rural that like, I just didn't know what it took. And I think that being naive is actually what got me to this point. I think had I known how big of a world it was and running and how much better people were than me, I think that would have freaked me out. Um, and I probably wouldn't have progressed the way that I did. But what I do is, is honestly, like if people are on social media and they go to my profile, I want them to be able to go to my profile and see that like there there's, I think over a hundred and maybe even 200 pros that have sent me their PRs and everybody's different. Like literally they're called personal records. And so I just hope that a high school kid can see that and know that like, and it's not even, and it's not even running. It's like, I want youth and I want like the next gen, I call it like the next generation of dreamers. Like I want them to do whatever they want to do and just pursue it with a passion because it, they can be artists, dancers, musicians, athletes, politicians, literally anything. Just, I don't think that you should give up on a dream after high school when the comparison factor is so big where you're like, well, this person's better than me now, or this person has more resources than I do. And it's like, that really doesn't matter. Like what matters is like where you are in your own space and how much better you think you can be. And so that's, that's the honest answer of like, I just want kids to know that they can be so much better than the four years of their lives that they're in constant comparison and development with others. So yeah, that's it. Do you think, do you think we need to kind of, I don't know. And I guess this is probably part of what you're doing. Like, do you think we need to kind of try and reframe some of the metrics we use to define like success in, in running as a sport? Because like, I think, you know, if you look at like, even if you look at something as simple as like Instagram followers or something like that, like if you don't have an Olympic or world major medal, like people don't really know who you are mm -hmm. um, unless you're kind of in the running world. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think, do you think that's something people need to look into? Well, I think the one of the bigger issues with our sport is the platforms that are used to try to promote individuals and their stories and how poor of a job that is. Um, yeah. You don't find. Um, I mean, I don't want to be like too specific on, on, on platforms, but it's like you or individuals, but it's it's it seems as though that the sport is very boring unless you're making medals or winning races. And there's so many more stories and so many more things that could be talked about and explained like um, a big, a really good Josh will probably bound me, but a really great sport that talks about racing in itself is formula one. Like they literally break down all these races, all the tactics, all the difference of the athletes, but they never say, they never say like Lewis Hamilton grew up on a dairy farm. Like that's not the story that we should be worried about. We should be worried about the story that's unfolding right now in front of our eyes of um, Josh Kerr coming down the home stretch and kicking down to bronze medal. Like those are the stories and those are the moments that we should really focus on. And so for me, I would say that we need to change the narrative of, yeah, what is successful? I mean, like maybe still focus on those big stories, but at the same time, like how can we put more eyes on the sport? That's really, I guess, like the big blanket statement of it is like, how can we put more eyes on the sport? Because right now we have very limited eyes. And like you said, like, unless you're part of the running world, you probably don't know what USA, like USATF is or even means. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, th th there's such a missed market and it's missed opportunity there. And um, yeah, we should, we should definitely change the narrative. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I guess I have one more and it probably kind of ties into something both of you said. I know, Dave, you're talking a lot about um, authenticity and and Josh, you mentioned kind of being a clean athlete. Um, and I'm not like, 
I'm not asking for your guys' opinions on like doping, like current doping situations or anything like that. I don't want to push those, but um, I have noticed that there's kind of, there's a few people in the sport and like, I don't know if you've listened to um, the on teams podcast, the coffee club podcast, um, they talk quite openly about, about doping issues um, and are quite, um, how do I say it? Um, Yeah, they're quite forthcoming about it. Yeah. Um, they're quite honest about it. Um, so I guess, do you think like, do you think that conversation needs to be more open and honest? Like, are there, are there too many people that are kind of hiding behind like a bit of a wall with it, afraid to upset, uh, upset someone? So this, this is the problem. The problem comes with when athletes make mistakes and athletes cheat, they lie about it and blame the system. So the athletes that are clean can't trust the system. So they be quiet. So they're quiet about it. So they don't ruffle any feathers, because if all the stuff in this in the, in the track and field right now is honest and true, we would be more confident speaking out, being like, "This system is not good enough, and there's too many mm. people doping." But mm. the problem is, like in Shelby's case, like if she is clean, from our point of view, we need to shut the fuck up, because that's really scary. But in, in all reality, she did something wrong, but now she's coming forward and blaming the system. So that is now worrying us as clean athletes to say, oh, no, we could be getting in trouble when we're not doing anything wrong. Like I, for the last six months, the only like I, I take protein, but not in the last six months, I've only been having vitamin D. I've been tested I've, and I'm not worried, I'm ever worried about it. But I have no upside of coming out and saying, I'm this clean athlete, fuck all the dopers, this, that, and the next thing, because I'm worried that the system's corrupt. So if I come out and say something, then what stops them cheating one of my tests and ruining my whole career? And so all the stuff that Emma Coburn and stuff's doing, I think is smart with like signing a pledge and you know, like, you know, I think it's like $10,000 or something if you if you get caught for doping and stuff like that. I think that's great. I think those are the kind of things that we need to be maybe even signed just to have a USATF membership or a IWF membership because there's not enough um, downside for these athletes to stop doping. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's like, I was at the Olympics, I got drug tested once and it was after the Olympic final. That's a disgrace. When I was at World Championship, I was I was tested I think three times in 2019. But getting tested once is an absolute disgrace. So yeah, I'm I I, I find it disgusting and it it ruins people's career. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Not to get too deep about it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that was good. That was a really really good insight into it, and I liked I liked the angle you took. Thank <laughs> it's, you. Yeah, it's it's sad, man. It's really sad on a day to day basis for us. Um, but, because and, and that's the thing like i mean i i see this like i saw this clean athlete pledge that you you're talking about and i'm like there's no way for me to know that they're actually clean athletes exactly there's like, there's not enough downside it. financial or um yeah. just overall career wise for for like the certain athletes that are doping to stop doping because they make all this money that they don't have to pay back and they make this mm-hmm. name for themselves that no one seems to freaking care about like it is constant and and there's nothing that we can do about it because our voices are silenced by the people who are cheating and then blaming the system. 
And so, yeah, I think something needs to happen. Something needs to change. But why would we risk our careers right now to come out and say something in a, in a system that we are unable to trust? Yeah. Thanks, Tom, for taking 20 minutes instead of two. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, they are important topics, man. Thanks for bringing those up. Is, is there any chance I can ask you guys one more question on a lighter note? Yeah, yeah on. on a lighter note. Let's send this on a light note. All right, cool. Um, you both clearly know how to push each other's buttons very well. <laughs> um, what's the number one way for each of you that you really get under each other's skin? Uh, I... <laughs> so dave works really hard and when that hard work gets mistaken uh from my side of things whenever i like pretend he hasn't done something or be like oh well i've done this and you haven't done this so he works really hard for this podcast and puts a lot more effort in on the surface than than i do um because and below the surface on the surface, below the surface, above the surface, whatever you want to say. And so whenever I roast him for that, then it really comes out in, in a passionate way. And so whenever I want to wind him up, I always talk about that. Cool. I mean, Josh even today said that his defense is to go on the offense. So if, if Josh is in a fight with someone and you know he's getting riled up, he'll get very, very personal. Um, so really, I don't know how, what a specific way is for me to trigger Josh. I just know when Josh is triggered because then he'll hit you with one that you're just like, Oh my God. I go like, above why? and beyond way beyond the line. Like there's a line that's here and Josh didn't only cross it, but he ran 30 meters beyond it and was like celebrating through it. Like double flip <laughs> off. I said what I said. And here's the thing. He'll never back out what he said. He'll say, I did say that. And you're like, you can take it back. You can say, you know, when you're like the heat of an argument and you something slips and they're like, I can't believe you just said that. And you're like, I know, I'm sorry. Josh doubles down and says it again. So I don't really know what a way to push Josh's buttons are because um, I think he gets riled up pretty easy um, on the surface. But when he's really riled up, yeah, then you also get riled up because then he attacks you. And then he, that's when he'll hit you with the Dave. I, you don't even do, take that much time on the podcast. Or Dave, I doubt <laughs> you actually spend that much time on the podcast. When he starts hitting me with like those personal things, I'm like, dude, you know for a fact. But he's just doing to tag me on. Um, but yeah, Josh, we do give you a lot, each other a lot of shit. Um, but I think that is also one of the good things. Our relationship is we don't take each other too serious. Um, and we humble each other. And the people that come on this podcast named Tom. Um, from uh, from New Zealand. Uh, Fuck you, man. <laughs> we know how to okay. push your buttons as well, Tom. Yeah, we know how to push you too, huh? Uh, <laughs> but no, Tom, seriously, we appreciate you coming on the podcast. I know you're not from New Zealand. Um, let's, uh, yeah, let's run it back again in, in next season or the season after and make sure you come back on and shoot some more serious and, and banterish questions because um, your takes were good and your takes were, were high quality. Also, we are um do you are you in the u.s at all you only in australia no i'm only in australia only in australia okay well we'll double back on um on that and double check and if we can we'll send you out a pair of brooks shoes as well because someone in our someone of the guests that come in will send out a pair of shoes so we'll try to figure out how to get that sent over to you um as long as international shipping is going to be okay with our guys at the the warehouse so yeah uh, man, that'd be That'd be amazing. Um, yeah. If, if it doesn't work out, that's totally cool. But okay. if it does, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, of I course. Really yeah. Could. DM us your uh, size and address and we'll try to get that sent out uh, by the new year. Cool. Thanks so much, man. Thanks so much for your time, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Legend. Yeah. Right. All right, Josh. I think we should just, you know, we've had some good banter. We've had some really serious chats, a little bit less particip 
participation uh, than the previous, but we made this one a little bit more spontaneous, more of a midweek convo, because uh, we just wanted to get some authenticity in some of the questions that got sent our way. And we certainly got that. Um, and for those that couldn't make it in on the recording, we had uh, some people send in questions. So we're going to choose the top eight out of the maybe near 50 uh, submissions that we got um, in the top eight. Maybe we talk about the top eight. Maybe we talk about the top five. I don't know. Let's just kind of roll through and see how long it takes to get through these. So um, I'm just going to read them off. I haven't really read all of them, but how does it feel that the coffee club is blowing up and sit and kick isn't? Of course, that's the one that I read first. <laughs> you know, when you when you want to fake views on YouTube, that's completely fine with me. Like, you know, go on to a, you know, if we put this podcast on on the athlete special, you know, we'd be blowing up views right now. So right now we just you know we stick with we stay in our lane and we stick with the people that that want to listen to our podcast we're not looking to be millionaires from this right now we just want to come out and and shoot the shit and chat some stuff and you know that's that's an authentic way i do it you know i agree with you those guys are good good guys but they're the competition at this point and whoever's running your social media is probably also um uploading that to their uh, youtube channel for extra views so mm -hmm. i'll uh i'll just appreciate the hard work that they're putting in for that uh thoughts on scottish independence josh no i'm not answering that question that's when <laughs> right now i'm really not sure i was definitely for something but i'm not really sure anymore the uk is in a mess at the moment wait is there actually something with scottish independence oh dave i'm not gonna yeah okay i'll google it, it. i'll google it on the new york times um is josh going to be uh a one metal wonder no no if Josh hasn't medal in track, he'll medal in something else. Maybe a Nobel Peace Prize. I don't know. You never know. Depends Josh, would you lose to Dave in a 1500 if it meant that you no longer have a peanut allergy? <laughs> Are you going to run any more 15s? I don't know. Not after the comment that you made today saying you should be pretty good at running 345. You, you better be good at running 345. Josh, here, let's, let's, just, let's just hash this out now. <laughs> If we want to embrace this new life of Dave coming in, feeling up on himself, you know, slaying workouts, we got to no longer talk about that March 6th race. I, I genuinely couldn't care less about workouts. No, if I'm not talking about If you don't turn up tomorrow and run extremely well, I'm, I'm going to be incredibly embarrassed for you. I'm not going to take the pressure from you by saying that because, you know, that's how you can round me up. So what, what, what I'm saying what is... What pressure? You have put together four months of consistent training and if it doesn't come together tomorrow you are a head case <laughs> fair enough um and i'm not talking workouts i'm just talking we had good enough uh good enough good enough end of the year good enough not great but good enough to where that 345 should never be mentioned again okay fair enough fair enough Okay. And I'll be, and I, and I almost just said, I will be a head case tomorrow. I won't be a head case. Okay. That's, I mean, you shouldn't be. I'm not. There's no reason you should be. And there's, if I sit here right now and in whenever the next podcast is, and you have to explain to me why this race goes badly, you owe me a hundred dollars. You know, I would take that bet if I didn't lose a bet to run three thirty-five, and I ran three forty-five, and had yes. a Venmo Mark Scott. So I'm going to leave betting on myself off the table for now until I can look at my hand and look at my cards. I know what my hand and cards are actually. I should be going all in right now. I should know that it's going to be fine and it will be. Get the fuck out of my head, Josh. <laughs> all right. We're going to keep going on to the next question, you little, you little prick. God. Um, 2022 beer mile. <laughs> By what margin does Josh win? Beer mile? Yep. Dude, I should be really good at the beer mile, but I don't think I am. 
Dude, what do you like, think about genuinely? I, what do you think about doing one Friday night after the time trial? Uh, no, <laughs> dude, I haven't drank in so long, and we'll have done a time trial that day, and Lamar's getting here tomorrow. So all of oh. those things tells me oh, no. Okay. Okay. Will an Olympic medal make people forget Josh's CC and DMR performances in college? Uh, I, you know, to be honest, like, I don't feel like I get enough heat. I want people to hate me more overall. Um, I don't really read or I'm on social media very often, but when people start hating on me, I know I'm doing something right. So yeah, just keep firing those things back at me. And I love that would people would roast me about things that I did four years ago. You know, people are stuck in the past five years ago. now. I'm really not sure. But yeah. uh, why does Dave hate the athlete special? That's the only question about me. Um, and I don't hate the athlete special. Uh, what's his name? What's Spencer? Oh, Spencer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Spencer. Um, I don't hate the guy. Do you, do you watch his videos? I do not watch his videos. I did when he was on the team because I was in them and my boys were in them. But I but I don't necessarily care for it because, um, yeah, I don't know. I from my point of view with the athlete special, I think it's really funny. You either love Spencer or you hate him, mm-hmm. and it's re- like not from my perspective. I'm talking about just the general public. Yeah, and I think it's really funny because we're on like we're at a brewery or we're going out to dinner or we're on a run, and it's like, oh my god, the athlete special. Like when that happens, like way too often, right? Mm-hmm. It's either that or we're at a race and they're like oh my God, Spencer's on your team. You guys are this, that, next thing, like roasting him. But there's genuinely no in-between. It's like mm-hmm. either you love him or you absolutely hate him. And I think he riles people up and it's quite funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. I used to watch his videos when I was in them. Uh, and I think he makes good content uh, with when when he was with the team. But yeah, that's my, yeah. That's my opinion. I was going to say, Spence. I think the people that are the most middle ground on Spencer are the people that know him personally. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like... He, he is a, he's a pretty normal dude. Like I, I don't love him. I don't hate him. I'm very middle ground. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's an acquaintance. He's maybe a friend, but <laughs> an acquaintance. he's an acquaintance. He's hey, just kind of horrible. That's not we horrible. Love we do love him ish, you know? So it's like, I don't hate the guy. He's going to hopefully come onto the podcast. Hopefully at some point, if Dave doesn't say he's an acquaintance again. All right. Uh, welcome back guys. We have the acquaintance, the athlete special. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, Josh, you want to wrap this up? Yeah, I think this has been a fun episode. It's definitely one of those uh, bonus episodes just because, you know, you guys want athletes that are really hard to grab and we're trying super hard to get these athletes, but sometimes it takes a little bit longer than given uh, a week to two weeks notice. So we're working hard to get some of the best uh, guests in the world and, and hopefully we can provide some great content for you guys. So just, you know, hang tight and, and we'll get some episodes out to you and hopefully you guys have a great Christmas and, and we'll be sending out shoes to as many people as possible as well. So we're trying to trying to create a little bit more um, a little bit more content for you guys and and uh, a little bit more presence from from Brooks as well. So that's all we can provide for you over this Christmas period. Yeah, and, and as Josh said, um, we're looking forward to having the season go a little bit more according to plan. It it hasn't been the easiest season, um, but that's because we've set our standard pretty high on pe- getting people onto the podcast and making sure that you guys get the best lessons that uh, you guys can possibly get. And so. Uh, we've got a good good episode coming up in the next few weeks, and then we're going to really start hitting those. And if people say no, we're just going to keep rolling through and, and making sure we get guests and episodes out consistently because you guys deserve the best, and that's what we want to deliver. So we appreciate you guys listening through this one. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. 
um, all of them. Um, you know, we can leave it at happy holidays because I can just include everything. Happy birthday to me, December 27th. Message me, say happy birthday, happy new year. We'll probably hear you before new year, but I'm just laying out all of it. Um, are we going to name it? What's the name of this? Christmas Miracle? Why did you have that written out already? Why? I don't know. You just came out with it right away. So I'm guessing you written, you've written oh, it. Oh, yeah. I wrote that down uh, on the the Instagram that you so often look at. Uh, also, let's choose a, a random comment um, that is going to be the winner of the, the shoe contest on the random comment. I will fly through this. We have 200 entries. I'm just going to go. I'm scrolling and I'm going to scroll back up. We're going to send it to Matthias Shelp. Shelp, Matthias, if you are listening to this, congratulations. You are the winner. We will go ahead and DM you, and you are the winner of the contest. Is that a guy? Yep. Big bad man, Matthias. All right. Boom. Nice work. Yeah, I think we're gonna we're firing out five pairs of shoes. So we'll get we'll get those um we'll get those sorted and and make sure you head over to the Instagram to make sure you know how to uh to enter for those. Looking forward to your meme Mondays on this stuff and uh and hopefully you guys have a, a great holiday. Absolutely. Uh good luck in the time trial tomorrow, Josh. Let's uh, hope that you stay in one piece. That's the plan. Bye. With Josh Kerr. All right, here David Rivish. Josh Kerr. David Rivish. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Rivish.